Welcome back to The Goal is Standard, Episode 7. First off, Happy New Year to all of our followers. And with the new year comes a renewed hope in our LaSalle Explorers. They're definitely playing their best basketball right now. And we're here to break it down for you this episode. So we've got a lot on the docket for you guys. We're going to be breaking down our game against Fordham, as well as we've opened up the floor to questions from our Twitter followers. So we're excited to answer all of the questions that you've asked. So without further ado, let's go. LaSalle, Tom Gola, man. We talked about a great player years ago. LaSalle is now 2-1 this season after defeating Fordham. They kind of look like an inferior team um, on Saturday. LaSalle kind of looked very good. It kind of like reminiscent me of uh, kind of a, you know, a Villanova-St. Joe game and LaSalle being Villanova. I mean, they just smoked them. They smoked them. Um, and, I mean, I think I saw 24 assists. And um, I think they made 16 three-pointers. They were just meshing on – all cylinders. Um, I feel like, you know, they made 63 pointers. It kind of reminded me of like a baseball lineup where, you know, if one guy starts in threes, it kind of gets contagious throughout that lineup. You know, Ashley Howard, like I was saying about the baseball analogy, you know, baseball is nine guys. I mean, Lachelle, I mean, Ashley Howard plays nine, ten guys. But, um, you know, you might have like the starting five. I guess you would say that's the one through five in the lineup. And then you have the other guys off the bench filling out the roster. But it's like, you know, from day to day, you know, sometimes I guess, you know, Brick is if you put him at the one leading off, I mean, some days he's going to score, but then other guys, you know, Scott Spencer on the bench, maybe batting like the eight hole, he'll get you, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's so contagious. Any guy can kind of light it up from night to night. They're very deep. And um, I mean, they look very good so far. Like, I don't want to overreact. I mean, I guess I feel like it is time to overreact. Like, I mean, this team, I feel like right now is exceeding my expectations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, Scott Spencer goes off against Fordham. Like mm-hmm. I, we're waiting for him, waiting yeah. for it. We, we knew we, so that game, like we kind of figured uh, our seniors would probably lead the scoring call. I just feel like the yeah, game beat up against the beat up against the Craver competition. Our yeah. seniors finally show up. Can we get that but, production? Can we get that production against like a Dayton or, you know, a UMass? That'd be really nice. Um, this game felt a lot like Lincoln University. I know you said St. Joe's Nova. I was thinking this felt like LaSalle versus Lincoln because Fordham was terrible in almost every aspect except for Soriano because mm-hmm. of his just his size. There was no other uh, offensive game aside from getting the ball in the paint to him. And we, we did fine. I just don't think it's a very good game to gauge our success on. I know you said, like, we've got nine guys that can be incredibly potent on offense, but Against Fordham, it's hard to not score against them. It's it's like, wow, they, they really were running on all cylinders. Well, Fordham is like a little skateboard. They 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 it's just incredibly easy to beat them in many different ways. So that's my counter, I know you, that's yeah, my I know counterpoint you, yeah. to your no, I mean, argument. I, no, I mean you make a point. I'm just I mean, I guess you're right, kind of take it with a grain of salt, but at the same time it's like I'm still gonna be excited for it. I mean, I know they're not gonna be all the other conference teams by what 
37 points or whatever it was. Um, who's counting? But, uh, I mean, I was very impressed with what I saw. I mean, they had 24 assists. Like, Brickus only had two points, but he had 10 assists. And, like, 24 assists is pretty incredible. Like, the way they're moving the ball, I feel like they're giving up good shots to get even better shots. And I feel like they kind of – I mean, I know I talk about Villanova all the time, but I feel like that game in particular – they really look like a Villanova basketball team, you know, Villanova basketball team. And at the end of the game, Ashley Howard was saying we're playing um, LaSalle basketball. I feel like Jay would always say that about Villanova. I feel like they would – the Villanova is known for playing, like, great perimeter defense, which we showed against Fordham, and they make a lot of three-point shots. What we saw, and I feel like that game, I know it was against Fordham, but it just popped out in my mind. I know, like, Dan's been saying about LaSalle becoming, like, a Villanova light and – Ashley Howe recruiting some of the guys and, you know, the DMV territory. But I feel like that game just kind of I, – I, I mean, I guess I'm overreacting, but I really like what I saw. Yeah, the brand is growing. The brand is yeah. very strong right now. There was no letdown this game. There was absolutely yeah, exactly. no letdown. Unlike, mm-hmm. you know, some of our off, uh, non-conference games, there, there seemed to be letdown during per- periods of the game. But this was a wire-to-wire win, as Ashley said. You played a full 40 minutes. Yep. A full 40 minutes, like Ashley Howard said after the game. It was like the first time all year, and he was really pleased by that. Yeah, um, definitely. The The thing I'm concerned about is um, just getting complacent because of how easy that win was. Fortunately, we're not going to be – I don't think we're going to be playing St. Louis. Um, this podcast is being recorded on, on Monday, but um, I think news will come soon that we're not going to be playing St. Louis. And therefore, I don't know who we're going to schedule. I wish it was Nova. I wish it was the Temple. I, I'm afraid it's going to be – an opponent that is less than, um, and do you and think we will schedule opponent? I they have they've got it. I mean, I feel like there's. I don't think they. I don't. I mean, I feel like time. I mean, they could, but I feel like you know, what if not? We played UMass again. What's interesting? On Saturday. I'll say this: the Patriot League is doing this thing where they play everybody in in their conference, interconference play. They play the same team like four or five times. Um, I I I want to know how we got Army because they're part of that conference, and yet they came out of their conference play or non-conference. I don't even think they had non-conference and they played LaSalle. So I wonder if, if we have a solid relationship with the, the Patriot mm-hmm. League, we could snag one of those teams, get them out of their, their conference play and, and play them because we, we did it with army. I mean, I'm, I really don't. Uh, I feel like army is a little different than some of those other teams. So I know army played Florida. I feel like army had a non-conference schedule, but I know that what you're talking about. Cause I feel like Holy cross Bucknell and maybe some other Patriot League teams are like, only playing each other, it seemed like. But yeah, we, we've we've had a solid report card of, of staying healthy. <laughs> There's yeah, no knock on wood. Yeah, we're doing a really good job. I'm not. Yeah, I don't want to jinx it, but they they could make the ask. Uh, I know Army is very regimented, and and that's a that's the reason why they were probably able to face all these opponents because of their their already strict protocols. And then when you throw a pandemic in the mix, they're going to be even more strict. So you know that they're not going to be breaking any. They're not going to get sick or anything like that. So it, that does make sense why we got Army. But I'm just wondering, like, who we could play. I hope that it's someone that is a worthy opponent and we're not playing a D2 school again because uh, we're, we're, we're peaking right now. <laughs> yeah, like. I, I agree. Like, I wonder if there is enough time. Like, what, today's Monday? Like, the one – like, I was kind of, like, scouted out online. I was seeing, like, who we could potentially play. And I saw, like, Temple Tulane was canceled. I looked in the code protocol and I saw – Oh man, like Temple, Temple's on the protocol. But I yeah. did see. I feel like this would be kind of appealing. I feel like it's not too far. I don't know how good they are this year. Um, I think I saw that James Madison's available. 
So I feel like that wouldn't be a bad game. I think they're another CAA team, I believe. Um, That'd be nice. Uh, Towson, can they they get out of protocol? Towson was still on protocol. Uh, I don't know when they get off it. Uh, Oh, well. The point being is I feel like this team is really riding a high right now, and we've got to keep that high going. Yeah, got to keep, keep the confidence at a high level I agree. And, and, and schedule someone else. Keep the ball rolling. I, I don't want too much of a break, and they don't get game action in them, and then we come out and we're like a different team. That's, mm-hmm. what I, that's always in the back of my mind these days is are we going to regress at all because of this recent success? Like you just, you just kind of wait for it. Yeah. Uh, you wait for like a letdown game. So far we haven't seen it yet in um, the past two weeks, but um, I, I'm, I fear that it could be coming if we don't schedule and don't get our get our legs out. Our yeah. sea legs, I think is what they said. Get get our sea legs. Yeah, yeah, like you said, like we're striking all cylinders right now. I mean, I feel like Ashley Howard kind of has a formula down. You know, he's not playing. I mean, I, we had a graphic up on our Twitter page. He's playing a lot of the guys between like 15, 25 minutes. So a lot of these guys are fresh. I feel like that's why I feel like they're as successful as they can. They're not really tired, you know. Someone's yeah. tired, takes him out. He's a fresh bunch of guys, like I said, about the baseball lineup. I don't, don't have any kind of a cliche analogy, but I, I think it there definitely was some meaning to it. But um, Yeah, kudos to Ash for, for making this puzzle fit really nicely. There was, there could have been a lot of issues. There could have been far more transfers. There could have been mm-hmm. a Everyone a has to of... buy into it for it to work. Yeah, and I feel like exactly. slowly but surely, I feel like they're buying in because they're starting to see the results. And um, I feel like like everyone's, if, if they're winning, I feel like everyone's happy. And that's what it kind of feels like right now. Yep, I agree. We're not doing anything with – I feel like in the past, we're not doing uh, the Coach John Giannini style of play where, uh, you know, five guys bulk up on the minutes and we have literally zero bench. Yeah. I know that has been the case in the past. We've had like the worst bench in the Atlantic 10 in the past, but it is really refreshing to see a deep lineup, the deepest lineup we've ever seen. Uh, I dare to say in my, since attending LaSalle university, I don't think we've had a, a deeper lineup. Uh, I know the sweet 16 team was pretty deep, but not like this. I've never seen a team like this. It's yeah. like, there's no one guy that you can game plan for. And I feel like that's what some coaches definitely having difficulty with and it's like anyone can go off one night like the team is just so deep it's yeah it's insane kudos to um clifton and and uh coaching him up because that was obviously the spot that we were talking about as a weakness going forward our front court but clifton has has done an incredible job of staying out of foul trouble Mm -hmm. and when he does commit fouls we are able to have a hold our own with christian and jack and and jared when he can come back in um i i (laughs) That was something I've been nervous about, but we have not seen any ill effects of our front court, our lack of front court depth as far as like rim protection. Yeah. Clifton is amazing. Clifton like- is the reason I would say Clifton is like a really, really big part of why we're successful. Oh, absolutely. I know that I think yeah. I, I completely agree. I feel like, I mean, I know, like I said before, a lot of people are interchangeable, but I feel like he might be the most important player on the team because if you lose him, you lose like, you're, I guess, only center, and I feel like he's such a big part of the team. Yeah, and um, I feel like that's a pretty big segue. As um, like if they like as of now, since St. Louis, um, I guess, is postponed, that the next game they play is UMass, and you know that's another matchup with Trey Mitchell. Yeah. So, 
that'll revenge. Be, yeah, that'll be a big revenge game on UMass against Saturday if we can stop him. I mean, I feel even if I know what you said, I hope we do play a game between now and Saturday. But if we don't, I'm sure Ashley Howard's going to be watching all that film and do whatever he can to stop Trey Mitchell down because it wasn't pretty the first time. But I feel like this is a little different team. But it'll be interesting to see uh, Ashley Howard's game plan for Trey Mitchell and UMass on Saturday. I cannot wait for that game. I really cannot wait. That that game needs to happen. No one gets sick, please. Because we are a different team than when we were against UMass the first time. We're a completely different team. So Trey Mitchell – it, he may, he may get his, he might get his, he might get, you know, 20, 25 points, but it'll, the challenge will be making sure we bend and don't break and we play with the same depth and we shoot the lights out. And a lot of different things have to play in our favor here, but <laughs> I can see it happen. Yeah. I feel like we've been shooting a lot. We've been playing a lot better and shooting the ball a lot better, especially at three, three point from three point land. So yeah, it's incredible. Can, yeah. <laughs> If we can keep playing like that, I feel like we'll be in good shape. But we need to um, stop him and, I mean, stop some of the other guys as well. Like, Fernandes looked good against us and um, Pierre. I mean, he was yep. in threes. So, yep. But I'm looking forward to that matchup. Hopefully they play a game between now and then. But if not, looking forward to that on Saturday. Yeah. It, a segue here to just how happy LaSalle is right now, like, to be a fan of this team. Uh, we're <laughs> – we're two and one in conference. I feel like we're, I think we're in second place. I, I don't feel like it. I think we are in second place, all things considered. Maybe even maybe third place. But if you if you uh, you know talk to us during our first few episodes of this podcast, if you asked us if we'd be two and one to start conference play, uh, I I don't think I I would have believed it um, because we were. <laughs> We, we we're just so unsure. There were so many pieces yeah. that were to be determined. So I'm re- really glad that we are able to talk trash and, uh, you know, belong in the conference and talk like, you know, this could be a contender. We could go on a I, little run. I think you actually had them at, I think you actually had them at two and one. Cause didn't oh, you have, did. didn't you have them beating UMass the first time? I did. Yes. Yeah, so, have them beating. So UMass. you would have had them beating Fordham too and probably lost to Dayton. So, yep. I mean, your predictions are right on either one and two, but obviously not the way we envisioned it, obviously. No. With the I, I was expecting – yeah, I was expecting us to get rolled, rolled by Dayton, but um, they are they are inferior. They are not good. They they suck. Yeah, they're Dayton not – yeah, they're not what they thought they were going to be, but I feel like sometimes that kind of uh, happens. I feel like um, when we had the Sweet 16 year, you know, we had like Ramon Galloway, and people thought that the team next year – um, would be almost that, and that kind of just took a step down. I feel like sometimes when you lose a guy like Obi Toppin, and for us it was Ramon Galloway, you lose that kind of experience and that grit, and it's kind of like falling on Crutcher. And I don't like, you know, like I just see a lot of parallels, obviously. Eh, I guess there's kind of more parallels than I think. I mean, we made Sweet 16, but you don't know what Dame would have made. But sometimes, like, some guys are in a certain um, comfort level, but um, it just seems that, yeah, Dayton isn't as good as they, um, a lot of people thought they would be. Yeah. And the A-10 as a whole is just under – one might say it's underperforming because the bad teams are beating the good teams or the, the teams that people think are bad are beating the good teams, the, the preseason favorites. And it's just kind of like a little bit of pandemonium here when the whole agenda in the A-10 is like three-bid league. We need three-bid. Shout out to the three-bid league pod. But we need 
all these bids. We want to get everybody in. Well, sorry, this is one of those seasons where there's going to be a lot of parity. Yeah, there's going to be maybe one, two bids at most because of how just we're just imploded. We're just like uh, cannibalism. It's it's we're just cannibals. We're eating. <laughs> we're 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 going to beat the good teams. We're going to beat. We're going to lose to the you know bad teams. It's going to be just weird, weird situation for much of the A10. I I cannot predict. I mean. St. Louis should be the favorite, but I yeah. honestly still, I'm, I'm, the jury's still out. Like they can, they can crumble for some random yeah. reason or another. Like this is not a league that has clear cut favorites. This is not a league that has even bottom feeders. It still is up mm-hmm. for grabs. I mean, Fordham, Fordham sucks, but they haven't played enough games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was kind of rough. Like, and that was only their second game. We played what? I don't know. Maybe that was our ninth game. Or I guess tenth, yeah, five and five, but um, and I still feel like St. Louis is the predominant number one. I mean, they lost their only loss was at Minnesota, and they're in the yeah. Big Ten, and they've they they're a pretty good team themselves. But it kind of stinks for them that they've been on the COVID protocol. I mean, they haven't played an A ten game, I believe, yet. So yeah, I mean, well, I what was, does it say about their bid if if you know the teams that they're beating lose to? you know, a four, like a random, like lower tier team in the A-10, like strength of schedule, RPIs, you want, you want the, the top teams to remain the top teams because yeah. those matchups will be uh, relied upon by the committee and selecting at large bids. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not worried about, sword. I'm not worried about St. Louis. I feel like St. Louis, like St. Louis, I feel like we'll get, I think the A-10 will get two, at least two, maybe three. I think they'll get at least two. Look yeah. at St. Louis and someone else. It kind of stinks. Richmond's kind of fading. Exactly. Um, what if St. Louis does the same thing? That's what I don't that's think St. Louis. I don't think so. No. Okay. No. All right. I, I could be wrong, but I just think St. Louis is like built very well. I, I like how like the roster is constructed. Yeah. Um. I mean, I feel like if Richmond didn't lose uh, Nick Sherrod, they might not. Have had this kind of uh, decline, or I mean, they're losing the Hofstra. They're they lose someone else too. I mean, I know they lost the Bonaventure, but yeah, yeah like the Bonnies are. There's gonna, a lot of parity. Watch, watch the Bonnies beat St. Louis. Like, what? Like those middle tier teams are gonna just mess things up. Everyone's gonna have like a 500 record and the A10 or something. It's gonna be it's gonna be a weird season. I predict. That's my prediction. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. That's why you play the games. Yeah. For the first time in the Goal of Standards history, we're going to be doing a Q&A with our Twitter followers. So let's start us off with at A10MBB1. This person asks, of course LaSalle is the best team in the A10, duh. But what game are you most looking forward to between upset potential and or good matchup? All right. For upset potential, I'm going to say... I don't know. I'm just going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say St. Louis. I know last year um, LaSalle, I believe, lost by one double overtime at St. Louis. So um, obviously we're supposed to play them um, tomorrow night, but that got postponed. So, I mean, I know we were supposed to play them twice. So, But I, I think we have a legit shot. I know I went on another podcast saying that it wasn't the greatest matchup and I don't um, – and I don't really see us beating them. Like, there's no way. But that was before I saw the last two games. I, I think it's really um, St. Louis about upset potential. 
and and then and or the good matchup. Um, I really am curious what to see how we match up against um, Davidson. I feel like in the past we usually have trouble with Davidson. So I'm curious of our style of play, how that'll how we'll play against um, Davidson. So I'm going to go upset potential St. Louis and good matchup. I'm going to say Davidson. Nice. I'm going to go with upset alert being VCU. Um, I just don't know if they're going to be sustainable uh, game in and game out. I could see them having an off day once in a while. Not saying that we would be the team that they would be subject to having an off day with. I think we could we could outplay anybody in the league. You said St. Louis. I say VCU. Um, I think we stake our claim in, in you know against anybody that we can compete with anyone. So therefore, I'm going to go with VCU. They're really riding high right now um, atop the standings, but that will change. And then obviously, I'm always looking forward to St. Joe's coming into town. Not really coming into town, going down the street. I'm always interested in St. Joe's. I definitely want to see how we match up against them because they are a team that's still looking for their first win, but. Are, I could see them. I could see them going on a little bit of a run, winning a few yeah. games. Um, they've got some solid pieces there. They just are not yeah. put together. Get Ryan, right da- Ryan Daly healthy again. Exactly. That's the that's the the main piece, piece in yeah. my opinion. So they could piss us off a little bit, and and we could be in for a real matchup against them. And it's typically a rivalry. So so let's keep it going with that, and 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 boost that game. Those two games actually, we play them twice. Okay. Yeah. So moving on to the next question. Um, at Ghost McHistory, he's asking, what is LaSalle's ceiling and floor? What's been your favorite meme you've done uh, making fun of Dayton? Um, so I'll let you start. <laughs> so basically, I think LaSalle's ceiling is A-10 finals. I know that's a little bit crazy to say right now, but hey. Oh, so you're saying A-10 finals, A-10 tournament. Yeah. So you're gonna not going to – okay. Yeah. We're gonna make. I don't know if that's the good a good context to have. That's like, fine. When he asks gonna... that, but I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with the finals. I think we'll make it to the finals. Maybe come up short there, but that I I envision that being our ceiling. Um, our floor, we obviously are in that the pillow fight, which we all come to, come to know and love so well. So um, we're in the pillow fight. And we lose to a St. Joe's in the first round. That's that's our that's my floor for sure. Um, Regarding memes, there are just so many memes that I just drop on everyone's heads every game. I know everyone is enjoying it a lot, and and Dayton was no exception because we got a huge win against them. So naturally, I'm going to go with the tweet of the guy busting out the dance moves. I might even pin the tweet just because of how amazing it was. I said, party like it's 1999, LaSalle beats Dayton. And this guy has got to be like in the 60s or 70s. Um, and he just tears it up. He's got a lot of moves for his age, and, and that was definitely how I was feeling. I could not replicate the moves, but uh, maybe we'll do a stream. Maybe we'll do a live stream of, of, uh, of a game. We'll do a watch party, and maybe you'll see me attempt to dance like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to only answer the first part of the question because <laughs> um, I, I wasn't really – I mean – Twitter memes aren't really my forte. Rich, um, Rich, they don't know that. They don't know that, man. That's not. They don't know that. They think that you're you're tweeting out that fire too. So uh, I'll take that first part of the question. What is the South <laughs> ceiling and floor? So I'm going to say their ceiling is around um, maybe like a double buy. So 
I would say in the standings, maybe like a three or four seed. And the floor, I'm going to say, it's probably like a 10 or 11 seed. So that's, that's how I'm going to answer the question. So that, that's what I got. All right. Next question. Was the 2013 team the best you have ever seen? And who is the greatest explorer after Gola? This, got, this is a tweet from Scott Graberman. Garberman. Oof, Regarding the best team we have ever seen. I mean, Rich goes back further. He's got more of a history with LaSalle, with his father and grandfather going to that university. But for me, yes, obviously, 2013 was the best team I had ever seen. Uh, the 90s were the last time. LaSalle was incredible. And I wasn't around. And I also did not follow basketball at a young age. So I would have to say, yes, 2013, best team I've ever seen. And then who's the greatest explorer after Gola? I feel like you have to go with the L train. Um, Naismith player of the year. Just incredible in all ways. I, I've watched many throwback videos, and I, I'm eager to see more of them because he was such an incredible player and deserves all the recognition. Um, if Tom Gola and Lionel Simmons were to face off today, I would probably give put my money on Lionel Simmons just because of how the game has changed since Tom was running around. What do you got, Rich? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I mean, we're um, we're both 29, so um, I mean, I, I mean, my dad and grandfather both graduated from LaSalle, but I was still too young to see any of those um, really good teams like the '90s. So I'm going to stick with uh, what you said: the 2013 team is the best I've ever seen. And who was the greatest explorer after Gola? Um, I know you said Lionel Lionel Simmons, and I feel like that's a good answer, but I'm going to go with uh, – I mean, I, I've never seen this guy play, but I've heard he was uh, very good as well. I'm going to go uh, Michael Brooks. Okay. The bottom line here is we're looking for a historian at the Gold Standard. So I know there's a few candidates out there. There's a few people coming out of the woodwork submitting old footage, memories, et cetera. We see the message boards. So this is our call to you. Come to us with your, your stats, your memories of LaSalle because – Rich and I are learning. Rich and I are still trying to understand the past and uh, hopes that we have a bright future. So thank you in advance for submitting your, your historical references. Moving on to the next question. Uh, Mike O'Neill asks at Mike O'Neill 77, better doctor, Fauci or Janini? <laughs> so <laughs> you, are you going to go first for this one? Uh, you can. So, all right, here's what I'm thinking about this question. Regarding Giannini's uh, doctorate degree, he didn't he didn't use it that much while he coached because I believe it was in kinesiology. I don't know how that would yeah, you're right, you're right. as a coach. So I know everyone uh, know that's like what he's known for being one of the few doctors that coaches. But I don't think he practices his degree that much. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm waiting for people to let us know if they're if if. Dr. John Giannini actually practices kinesiology, but as of right now, I think he's just a coach. He's an administrator at Rowan. Uh, I don't know if he's using that degree. <laughs> so therefore, I'm going to go with Fauci because of his obvious tie-ins with the times these days. This is not a political statement, but I'm going to go with Fauci. Um, all right. I, I think I'm going to go Giannini. Oh. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was able to heal LaSalle of, uh, you know, their NCAA here. you know, he was able to heal that back uh, when we graduated in 2013. Um, I mean, he always had an identity. It seemed like, you know, he had a go-to score when he coached. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, 
obviously the coronavirus is still going and I mean, obviously they've had a vaccine for it, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Dr. G. I like that thought process because, bef- you know, Giannini brought us out of the dark ages in a sense when we got to the sweet 16, that's what it felt like at least. So yeah. kudos to him for, for healing the team and, you know, bringing us out of that troublesome time. That's a good point, Rich. I never thought of it I like mean, that. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. It might, it might have been a one-year wonder, but uh, I mean, I'll, I'll take it. All right. The next question is from Chris Foley at C Foley 23. He asks, uh, Explorers Den or Sorrentos? I'll tell you what. I've been to Explorers Den maybe once, and I've been to Sorrentos, I think, like three times. So I'm going to go with Sorrentos. I went to Explorers Den. Believe it or not, I've only been to Explorers Den once. And when I went, I had the worst pizza I'd ever had in my life. And that was the last time I went to Explorers Den. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go Explorers then. I feel like the only time I really had Sorrentos is when I was at LaSalle and they give out like free pizza. I actually never like went to Sorrentos. Um but I've had Explorers then many times. The pizza okay, but I feel like they have I feel like I've gotten a lot of like turkey burgers and um uh cheesesteaks. So I would I would go Explorers then. I know El Presidente was there and gave it the pizza six one, but um yeah. That so, was uh, a- that was a ripoff. He was just doing that to be nice. That, there's no way that was a 6.1. That's like a 4.2. I mean, I thought the pizza, I mean, I never had a problem with the pizza. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Explorers then. Um, moving on to the next question, um, Lil Bana Xmas at Lil Bana X asks, who win in a fight? One Dr. G size Tari Duran or five Tari Duran size Dr. G's? <laughs> I love Tyreek, so I'm going to go with him. Yeah, five Tyreek Duran size Dr. G's. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree with you there. Dude, could you imagine that, that lineup? That'd be pretty sick. We could we could probably go pretty far. Yeah. I mean I mean Dr. John is a pretty tall guy. Yeah. I mean and he, Tyreek definitely was probably one of the shorter guys on the team. Yeah. Um so if he had that height and still was able to do what he does, I mean, that's a no brainer. Yeah, I, I agree. Um <laughs> moving on to Bjorn at Popalizar 96, he asks, can Sharif Kenny maintain this high-level play going forward? Um, I was going to start this off. I think he can. I feel like he's been a really nice piece off the bench. I think he scored double digits in four consecutive games, and I continue to him to be that kind of instant offense on the bench. Um, it seems like he's got the hot hand lately. I know he's shooting over 40% from three, and he's given a nice little spark off the bench uh, for uh, the Explorers. Definitely. I, I think of Sharif Kenny as – no offense to Scott Spencer, but like the guy that we need to shoot the lights out. Um, Scott Spencer was supposed to be that guy that could just light it up. And now it's Sharif, like bar none. He's the guy that you want spotting up in the corner and the perimeter and just knocking him down. Obviously, Sharif can also attack the rim. And we've seen that a few times, depending on, uh, you know, the, how the flow of the game is going. But I love I, I, if I had someone wide open in the corner, I would choose Sharif as our guy right now and therefore i mean that's a simple ask just hit the shots and he's doing it so i think he'll be able to maintain his high level of play for sure okay um moving on to ramble on at vcu podcast thoughts on no fans and attendance affecting team play is this an issue out of the top four uh eight tenors uh you can go first dennis um well we've joked about this on the pod many times before because lasalle typically doesn't fill the fill the gym and uh, we, <laughs> I think this could be a product of that. I think that 
playing in these large arenas with no one in it is, is helping us in a way. Um, this, this is not to say that they wouldn't win these games with a packed arena, but it would certainly make things harder for us. Attendance is definitely playing a factor, especially in the upper echelon A10 teams. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I feel like, obviously, I feel like, I mean, for us, we have, I mean, like we said, we joke about it a lot, but, um, but we have experience in that. I feel like it's more a fact than people think. So I feel like, you know, some of those upper echelon A10 teams are so used to having um, a pretty large crowd, and now they don't have that. And I feel like they get a lot of energy and um, from some of the cr- like the, from some of the crowd noise. You know, like VCU um, of the Seagull Center. You know, it's usually rocking. Um, same thing with Bonaventure. I feel like some teams it has affected, but um, in like a negative way. Like Dayton, I feel like they're used to having a pretty packed arena, but they don't have that. So they don't have that kind of energy that again from the fans. So I feel like um, it is making kind of an impact. All right, moving on to Andrew Greff's question at Andrew Greff. Since Dayton fans reacted like they lost to the little sisters of the four, rank the, <laughs> rank the most annoying fan bases in the A10 minus St. Joe's too easy. Yeah. Um, Typically I'm going to go off of Twitter as one of the reasons, like as a reason why a fan base is annoying. And therefore, Dayton is, is by far number one. I have seen so many people with, like, 15 followers with, like, a Flyers handle or something related to it. And, and I don't know why. Like, they just will come out of the woodwork randomly. And I see them replying to people and, and just getting into it. And it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, you live in Dayton, Ohio, first off. There, is, there must be literally nothing going on over there. And, 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 and I'm right on this. There's got to be. I mean... You're not in like a hotbed. The, the media market is, is non-existent. So I, I understand that there's no other sports to talk about. So you care a lot about Dayton, but relax. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're fans of LaSalle, but we're also fans of other sports. And we're not going to get all, all bunched up on, on a loss to a mid-tier Atlantic 10 team. Like, come on, relax. So that's my first. Then I'm going to have to go with either – St. Louis or VCU, and I'm torn between the two of them. Um, St. Louis seems like a, a good bunch. The Midwest, is a, it's a nice group. So I do, I do like St. Louis in a sense. Um, but there, there definitely is like a sense of entitlement there. I don't know. We'll see. Depends on the game. Depends on the game. VCU is a whole other world because they, they I, I think that they want to leave the A-10 as soon as possible, the way that they talk sometimes. They, they have some sort of something going on there. They might be you know, number one in some days uh, because they still think about Havoc and they still think about the Seagull Center and just their history. And it's not there anymore. It's, I mean, it's not there. They don't have that anymore. So I don't know. I think they're going to be like a middle tier Atlantic 10 team and, and they need to get used to that sometimes. So like some years it's going to be an off year. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to bunch these next, this next group, like um, St. Bonaventure, Davidson, UMass, they're, they're a group of fans that I just think are just whatever. Like, they understand the place that they're in. And they, they reflect that on social media. Like, I, I definitely have good vibes. I get good vibes from that group. Um, they're not, like, cocky jerk-offs all the time. They're, they're pretty chill. They understand. They can make jokes. I enjoy them a lot. I enjoy, I enjoy following all of them, especially St. Bonaventure. They're good people. Um, and then Rhode Island. 
Richmond, Duquesne. I don't even like. I, I'd love to talk to more fans of those teams. I, I just don't have any, so I don't. I, I don't know what they're like in person. Rhode Island fans can get a little rowdy. I like. They kind of pissed me off a little bit, especially when when Hurley was there. They, it was like the fans fed off of Hurley's energy, and they were also assholes at the same time. Yeah, it is a weird dynamic. So I'm I'm a little I'm out on them, um, but I also don't hear from them that much. And then the you know GW, Fordham, George Mason. Just I I don't know. I like I think there's a few George Mason fans that I've seen. Um, I know that they have a podcast, and but they're just not. They're just not like they don't have much to talk about. Like they they don't have much to boast and be a part of the conversation for. So they're fans nonetheless. Like George Mason, I'm sure has plenty of fans that'll come out of the woodwork when they go on a run like they they did in the old days. Um, so that that's my groupings. I hope that that I didn't offend people too much, but that's just how I that's just my uh, 500 foot view. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna quickly kind of just give. A, I know you went into detail about it. <laughs> I, I pretty much agree with what you're saying. I feel like for me, none of those fan bases kind of really stick out. Like I know, but I feel like I group, I group everyone together except I, I, the three ones I was thinking about that I would say are annoying that you also said in your kind of top three. But for me, I go, I would go VCU one, Dayton two and UMass three. I feel like VCU is kind of like all in your face, maybe not like on Twitter, but I know we've been to games and you hear like the VCU chants take over. And I mean, they're, I mean, they can be, I feel like they are really, really into it. I mean, I feel like Virginia, uh, I feel like, I mean, they have a pretty good program, but they're a little, I feel like, I don't know. They're a little too crazy for me. Um, like Dayton, like, I feel like they were just crybabies about that loss. I was like, Oh yeah. Oh my God. I saw like, hold calm, like calm down. Like, yeah, they need to like, relax sometimes. Yeah. Like, Sorry, we like won the game, but <laughs> sucks to suck. Like you know, what? like sorry, yeah. no Obi anymore. Like you're not the same team. Yeah, like and, and comparing like comparing like, like Philadelphians to to Ohio people, Ohioans. I don't know. Comparing those two, it's like night. It's like totally different. It's it's just yeah. totally different environment. I'm like, you need to like reevaluate a little bit. Yeah, they were like, oh, <laughs> we lost to Evan LaSalle. We lost to Evan LaSalle. We lost Evan LaSalle. It's like. Buddy, there's more of the things than Dayton basketball. Like, like you're I, you're still breathing, aren't you? Like, <laughs> uh, like I would just calm down. Yeah. I mean, well said. Just basketball. I mean, but we do we, have a podcast yeah. about basketball, so we're yeah. uh, you know we're kind of being. <laughs> <laughs> we lose our crap too sometimes. That's true. They just are. They're just That's more true. of them. They're just more of them, and less things to talk yeah. about. I feel like I like stole his lunch. <laughs> I agree with you. So you're saying that after those three, like the rest are kind of like in a bunch. Yeah, exa- exactly. I feel yeah. like I don't really have any uh, complaints. I mean, the fact you told Rhode Island, I feel like you made a good point because they've kind of annoyed, but I feel like in terms of fan base, I, I agree with you. Like the Bonaventures, I feel like they, they exist. Have, good, good people. Yeah, like Fordham. I mean, I have, I have one living with me, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would say – I don't know. I guess like four to thirteen, or four to twelve. You don't include us in St. Joe's. I would say are all wrong, all along the same wavelength for me. Yep. Agreed. Uh, that, that was a lengthier answer than I was expecting. I'm sorry. I dove. Yeah, in. They, I dove. Yeah, in you really went into detail there. <laughs> uh, I made something that, Alan. What would your ideal new arena for LaSalle look like? 
There was actually a tweet I made the other day. It's one of the old renders of the what they were going to build. And I envision that being the, the arena of choice. When you got, if, if anyone's been to like a, I don't like to talk about the Patriot League because we're not supposed to be them, but Bucknell's arena is, mm-hmm. is, is incredible and would fit, uh, you know, would make sense for the average tickets that we get in, like average uh, attendance. I don't want an arena that has like insanely high, high, like, a 200 level seating like uh, that doesn't make any sense to me but it's not going to be filled anyway yeah bucknell's is gonna is is a perfect example if you Mm -hmm. if you look it up the sojka pavilion um it's it's basically what that picture was too it was just kind of the same uh amount of seats 360 it did there was no points when it got too high there was no points when it was like barely any seats there's seats behind the basket that's the number one criteria here is seats behind the basket gotta have them and then obviously an area, maybe one or two like nice suites or like balconies, balcony areas for those, you know, business events or whatever you want to call them. But got to get a better sound system. Our sound system is so bad. There's some games <laughs> where my ears are about to explode. And gotta it's get always that really hot in there, too. Yeah. And obviously an air conditioning system. This sounds like stuff that you would want in your home, not not just something you want. <laughs> we need a nice AC unit, uh, nice HVAC. That's yeah. that's really all we ask for. Um, and I mean, I don't know what it's going to take, but we got to We got to somehow transform the Tom Gola arena into a 360 seated arena. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel like, you know, a little more about that, um, than I do. So moving on to, uh, Dave Grisbowski, good buddy of ours. Um, he wrote a book on Tom Gola. Shout we'll out Dave. Try to have him, we'll try to have him on eventually, uh, to talk about that. But, um, he says, explorers down two options are Cole Steffen or Greg Dennis to win the game five seconds on the shot clock. Who are you going to? Uh, I'm going to go Danish. I'm going to go Danish, not because I like the pastry, um, <laughs> even though I don't, that's a lie. But um, I- I'm going to go Greg Danish. I know he was one of those guys, you know, who would come in uh, in garbage time. I think he was a, a walk-on. But um, I feel like when he was in garbage time, like he was money hitting those threes. So uh, I know not really the greatest sample size, but – Great, great sample size, excuse me, but uh, I'm going to go Danish. I agree with you. I'm going to go with Danish as well. We had, we love, obviously, when we were going there, we loved our uh, our bench players, the guys that would never play. And Greg was one of them. But when he did come in, he was running the offense pretty well. Like, he, there was no, there was no like lag time. Like, he was ready to go. And Cole Steffen, uh, that, that did not work out. I no. call him uh, tending LaSalle for like a season. And he was out very quickly. And, it was kind of a joke. Uh, he he's from Minnesota. I don't know where he ended up, but uh, he definitely left LaSalle quickly. And I mean, hey, I haven't heard from him since. So I'm gonna go with Greg Danish, the legend. I'm gonna go to this next one for Andrew at Andrew at underscore Andrew Media underscore. He asked, "Does the LaSalle fandom accept temporary quotes? My team is quarantining quotes fans." <laughs> so he's a St. Louis fan. I think, okay. I think based on his, his Twitter. Um, and so what are your thoughts on this, Rich? Like, are, we've never experienced someone trying to get on the bandwagon with us. Like, is that a real yeah, thing? Yeah, I mean. Is this uh, real life? I, I mean, <laughs> that's kind of funny. No, I agree with you. But, I mean, come on. Yeah, come aboard the bandwagon. We're going to accept people. Um, we need all the um, all people we can get. But you're going to have to. I mean, it's not an easy thing to be. Right. I feel like. We'll our see fandom, how long I mean. Last. It's you're either in or out. Yeah, I feel like you're not going to be like 
like Dennis and I, you know, through thick and thin, kind of like a Philadelphia mentality. But if you, I feel like that's our approach with you. If you're going to, you know, stick out this, I mean, I'll give you a one year exception. You know, it's quarantine. You know, it's, I'll, I'll give you a one year exception. You can jump off and jump on as you please, but uh, I'm not going to be willing to hand these out all the time. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're asking, so I'm going to accept it. Yeah. How about you? I agree. I agree. We'll give you this year, but as soon as next season hits, we're going to have a contract. We're going to have people sign it, e sign it on Twitter, and you're going to have to make sure that you're not going to leave us. Um, so there's going to be a point when we're going to make sure that you're, you know, you're going to stay with us. But if, yeah, we'll allow bandwagon fans this season. I guess I can't believe we're asked we're we're answering this question. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, moving on, next question to Atlantic team at Atlantic team. Who is the worst A10 matchup for LaSalle outside of St. Louis? A team you wouldn't want an early A10 matchup with. Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I guess I'm gonna go with two answers. My one answer is I guess we already lost a game to UMass. And I feel like, obviously, that was a bad matchup with Trey Mitchell. So we play them again on Saturday. But the other match I'm going to go with is Richmond. Richmond's a really senior-laden team. They've had a lot of guys who've been there, been there for a while. You know, the Grant Goldens, the Jacob Gilliards, the Nathan Kaos, and, um, I mean, Francis as well. So I'm going to say those two teams, I feel like they're tough matchups for us just because they have those big guys. And um, especially with Richmond, they have a lot of seniority. Or Richmond, I think I said Florida. I got you. Um, my thoughts are, I always feel like Davidson has our number. Um, mm -hmm. Historically, we cannot figure them out. Bob McKillop just outcoaches us every time. I always consider our game against Davidson a tough matchup. Something I dread, in a sense, because there's because probably going to make more mistakes than they are. Davidson's going to capitalize on the, those mistakes. And also just shoot the lights out. Typically, <laughs> that's historically how I feel about Davidson, and and that this is no different this season. Uh, moving on to Smokey Joe at Smokey Joe two one five. Who's better, Shaggy D's with the green light versus Fordham or Tongola? <laughs> what, um, what kind of question is this? <laughs> or uh, and yeah, there's kind of funny. There was another guy, uh, Connor Perky at Setis Littis, who wins a hypothetical. One on one game between LaSalle, Ty Garland, and LaSalle, Tom. <laughs> I love these matchups. So, uh, people trying to take. So, um, I feel like it goes hand in hand and answer, I guess, those at the same time. Um, I feel like, I mean, we got to respect the pod. Yeah. You know? As much as I want to respect the pod, so, you're, you're going to go with Tom Gola? I mean, you never like D's. If D's right. on fire, you know, TCAT win, forget it. But, I mean, I got to go. I got to go with Tom <laughs> Gola. I mean, there's a reason why. I mean, I know at his time, he was like a dominant big guy. He like still leads the NCAA all time rebounding and um, I think over a 2000 point score, I believe. So, I mean, I, I gotta go, I gotta go with our boy. Um, I gotta, you know, stick with the podcast and I, I gotta go uh, Tom Gola and um, yeah, and both I'll, I'll go with that as well. But imagine Tom Gola walking into his arena and seeing, and seeing a three point line, <laughs> like, like back That's in true. his time, imagine 1950s Tom Gola, and he's like, "All right, you have to go play this kid one on one," and he walks out there, and and then this kid starts hitting threes. He's like, "What? What rules are this, these? Aren't the rules? Like we, these are this is illegal." That's true. <laughs> the, you know how there's always the the debate, like 
old versus new. Like the game has changed so much. So a lot of people like would would agree that Shaggy D's or Ty Garland, Garland could absolutely dominate Tom Gola. But that's not why we have this podcast named after one of the greatest college basketball players ever. So yeah, we'll we'll ride with Tom Gola with that stuff in the back of my mind, just as as a laugh. Our last question is from Cameron Newton at Morrison crying. He's asking is Big he's asking Big East for them. <laughs> so uh I know. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, Fordham is a very good uh, academic institution, um, but I feel like you get to like their basketball program. I feel like they're. Who like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like among other sports, Division One sports, they're very competitive, but they don't really prioritize their Division One basketball program. At least the men's. I feel like the women's are very competitive. I just don't see. Obviously, I, I don't see it happening, but. It's kind of a shame because I feel like, you know, it's New York's – I mean, it's in New York. It's in the Bronx. I feel like they get more recruits, but they just – for some reason, the program is just always bottom yeah. shelf. In the I love the serious answer. Like, he's definitely, like, completely joking. Like, there was – there was oh, yeah, he's joking. About, there's some random account that was like, the Big East should, should get Fordham and they should get rid of DePaul. Um, and that's probably why he's asking this question because – there's no way in hell Fordham will ever go to the Big East. And in, a, in another universe, maybe, in, in 100 years, maybe, you're right. It's in New York. Like, this is, not, this is a hotbed. Yeah. This is like where, where magic happens, where all your dreams come true. So maybe Fordham will make their dreams come true, dominate the A-10 in like 100 years from now, and make the leap. That would be crazy. If I lived for that moment, I would probably – commit to a insane asylum <laughs> all right actually um i said that was gonna be our last one but i just realized i forgot one pretty good one. um and i feel like it's a pretty good one that i'm with so um liam s at or yeah liam s at i am liam lee LaSalle is the most recent team in the A-10 to make it furthest in the tournament 316 and then someone corrected saying they made it in elite eight right you're at next year but he's but his, his other question is, why don't they get more respect from other teams in the A ten? So I, I I like that question. I feel like that's a fitting one to kind of end with. Um, I feel like the reason why they don't get a lot of respect from other teams is is probably I know we've talked about this a million times. Probably because our arena, you know, our arena is like a high school gym, and um, you know, that being said, it doesn't even fill up, and you see a lot of empty seats, and I feel like. A lot of people are like, oh, like, why are they still in there? They can never um, really fill that gym. But the thing is, I feel like, that being said, I feel like we usually can kind of be competitive. I mean, and I feel like we're all definitely on the um, – we're moving forward in the right direction with Ashley Howard and so what we've seen so far this season with 2-1 in conference play. But I think Ashley Howard can grow this program if he's still there. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm very positive about what he's doing. And I think if he continues to lead us, I think slowly but surely we'll, so we'll, we'll get more respect from right. other Ever programs. Ever since LaSalle joined the A-10, like for majority of the years, we've been a laughingstock. Like there has been very little noise made in the Atlantic 10 tournament. Um, aside from 2012 and 2013, we had teams that just were not competitive in the grand scheme of things. And then you combine that with 
you know, St. Joe's down the road with history and just everything going on there. They built a new arena. They have a more beautiful campus, yeah. one might say. Um, and they have, yeah, they they have, have fans. fans who show up. They have yeah. fans standing and they have all their, yeah. their chants. And yeah, it all, all boils down stuff. to like how many people are supporting this, this, this team. And at, at certain yeah. times, and like LaSalle was not being supported well. Like we had a team that, mm-hmm. we had well a team that wasn't worth supporting many 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 years and and that was reflected in in our standings like there was very little funding like just the program it was on life support at some time so like the history is not favorable for the school and that's why they everyone's built this prejudice against us um that's why we have ash that's why we're going to be changing the culture because right now the culture is that LaSalle doesn't belong here and we're going to keep keep preaching that we're on the up and up and we are not going away anytime soon. And you're going to respect us. I mean, the history is the history. We can't ignore how crappy we've been. And we can't ignore the lack of support. But we can start somewhere. We can, and, that, and that's admirable. If we come back and we come out with an A-10 tournament win and we go to the dance in the next five years, like in consecutive years too, that's important. Like get there consecutive years. Oh, that's great for us. I mean, if we make the NCAA tournament again, within the next five years, like that's, we're dancing. Like, you know what I mean? That's, yeah, we're really our, excited. Cause I feel like yeah, that doesn't happen too often. Claim in, 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 uh, in the, in the conference. Yeah. And, and there is no room to talk about what is happening to us currently. Like we will, we will shut the, We will block and report anybody tweeting at us crap about our history and our arena and stuff like that. Maybe we'll have a new arena by then. Yeah. Maybe we won't. It's all about the culture. It's all about our progress going forward. So I'm expecting big things. And the A-10 should be put on notice. And hopefully they all shut up. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's it for the mailbag. Um, I really appreciate everyone kind of reaching out with their questions. Um, I know we've kind of tweeted a few times for us for questions. But uh, this turnout was unbelievable. I really appreciate everyone reaching out. Um, means a lot. I feel like it kind of goes to show that we're starting to build this brand and so, I mean, the Twitter account, we're almost at 400 followers. So appreciate everyone kind of, um, you know, reaching out and giving us all the feedback. And um, I feel like it's very nice. You know, I feel like we've kind of grown a lot um, in the short time that we've been on. Uh, we've been doing this for a couple months. I feel like 810 Twitter has been pretty kind to us. Uh, I feel like it's, we've, you know, had a, it's a pretty good camaraderie. Um, so I'd like to just thank you guys for um, – that's Good right. Patient here. And all your teams are going down. That's it for episode seven of the Goal of Standard. Please make sure you like, rate, and subscribe. And also follow us on Twitter. Um, and also, one more housekeeping note. We have built a blog. Isn't that right, Rich? Yeah, I started, you know, writing some, trying to you know, add some more content for you guys. And I really appreciate uh, where I made it so far. So I started writing a blog. Um, Please read. I feel like it's it's pretty good stuff. Um, appreciate everything you've done so far for, for following. I feel like we've grown pretty quickly um, in two months or so. So if you could help us out and you know give it a read, it'll, I'm sure it'll be worth your while. Yeah, we'll try and make it worth your while. the The URL for the blog is thegoalastandard.blogspot.com. That's thegoalastandard.blogspot.com. So uh, check it out. And as always. It's a great day to be an explorer. Fight on.